You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Slap Shot Sweethearts. I am Megan. That is Shannon. And today we are joined by ESPN writer Victoria Mattyish. Thank you so much for joining us. It's absolutely my pleasure. So we are going to get into something today that we don't always talk about on our show. And Shannon and I are definitely new to the world of fantasy sports. Not true. I, think- I am not okay, new to fantasy, fantasy sports. Hockey, fantasy hockey. <laughs> Uh, Victoria, just kind of kick it off and let us know, how did you get into fantasy? It's kind of a niche area, particularly fantasy hockey. So, I mean, how did you end up where you are? Well, we're I'm here up in Toronto in Canada, and fantasy hockey is significantly larger than it Got is it. in the States. Like, it's it's growing in the States, for sure. And year by year, we know how many subscribers we have on, on the game at ESPN.com, and we know we're growing all the time. But it's always been more of a thing up here and I'm going to date myself but I don't really care I'm 46 years old and in my second year of university the university I played it was 94-95 season and I played my first season of fantasy hockey with my buddy Jamie we went and this this was when you had to go to a bar and sit around with people and you know write down who you were this is pre-internet ladies so and it was uh super fun and we finished in second place and we would have finished in first if we had picked Yermer Yager instead of Joe Sackick with our first pick, but that's okay. And <laughs> ever since then, we were pretty hooked on it. And I just, that grew, I got into fantasy baseball and fantasy football afterwards. And we're, uh, we were writing, me and a couple of friends were writing for a small website about 20 years ago. No, not quite. About 16, 17 years ago called Talented Mr. Roto. And ESPN bought Matthew Berry, who was talent, who is talented, Mr. Roto, right. and he brought a bunch of us over. So it's I'm in my 14th season now at ESPN. It's been great. Yeah, he was, my, Barry, Matt, I don't Barry was my first boss. And so when he had his little website back in San Diego, again, I think I'm going back 17 years or so now. And um, and again, ESPN hooked, uh, brought him on on on, uh, on board their ship, and a bunch of us were lucky enough to kind of ride his coattails there and just 
that's sort of blossomed ever uh, ever since. So I've done fantasy hockey for ESPN.com, but also just I've done a lot of dra- uh, draft blog stuff. I ran um, Rumor Central for a few years there for their NHL Rumor Central site. So I've done a bunch of different things, but now it is, for the majority, it is fantasy hockey. That's awesome. I actually have a family friend whose dog is named after Yager. So. Oh, really? <laughs> but, yeah. That dog's yeah, going to live forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So that's actually really cool that you mentioned that you just have to go to a bar to do this. That's right. Like, how would that work? You'd go like once a week and they would just like keep track during the week? Or- well, no, you would, you would go like, um, so um, I know you ladies have played um, uh, fantasy football, fantasy baseball. Right. You know, so you select your teams, you go through a draft and you select your teams. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, now you do it hopefully on ESPN.com, but there's Yahoo and there's CBS sports and you go on and they host your league for you. But back in the day, some guy or some gal ran the league and got a bunch of his or her friends together. And you went and sat and had a bunch of beers. And again, you just sit there, you probably bought the hockey news or something like that. You had all the list of players and somebody out there would rank them and you would sit and go around the table and take your turn and pick. So everybody would put their teams together whatever the criteria was like a point for a goal point for assist, whatever you can, you can do whatever you want. And um, every week with the place that I played the bartender, every Sunday, he would sit there and he would just add up all the points. And we did the whole season and whoever had the most at the end of the year won. And that was it. It was low tech, no technology at all. Pencils and erasers and pints of beer. And that's how we used to do it. That Honestly, seems... I kind of wish we could do that. Yeah, that I mean now we do so actually one of my one of my football leagues we all gather like we're bringing our laptops with us now obviously because you're not going to turn away the technology why but we'll go to a bar and we'll have a couple of pints and we'll do and you know and talk some trash and all the rest of it and I find it really adds to the enjoyment of the whole thing because you're not just playing somebody on a computer anymore it feels much more personal and it's you're with your buds and stuff and it's fun. Yeah. That's like how my dad's league always does it. They always like get together and have a party for yep. their draft at least. And then whoever loses the next season has to host the draft. And that makes perfect sense to me. Like, you're right? Yeah. So if you could give for someone who's never actually played fantasy hockey, like a fantasy hockey 101 or like fantasy hockey for dummies, how would you say it works? Well, I mean, it can work however you want. But if you were going on to ESPN.com, you go to the site, you go to the fantasy site, it's all laid out in front of you. And we have our what we call our default game, where you're awarded in certain categories, goals, points, power play uh, points. Uh, we do block shots and hits. But you can you can customize whatever you want. I'm in a couple of leagues that are just a little bit more wacky with time on ice and just to mix it up a little bit. But the conventional stuff is scoring. For skaters, it's scoring. And then you would go on, join a league either as a stranger with, with, a, with a bunch of people on the internet or you get your friends together and you, and you do it. And you draft your players like you would be drafting a real hockey team in real life. And then every night, whatever those players do, obviously goaltenders are awarded points for saves and wins and shutouts and such. And whoever wins, I, I usually play head-to-head. I do a rotisserie league as well. But every week, you go up against somebody else, and you hope that your team scores more goals and launches more hits and blocks more shots than the other team does, and then you win. You win the week. By the end of it, you hope you're on top, you're in playoffs, and you hope you win the year, right? So it's the same. It's just like baseball. It's like baseball or fantasy football. It's the same thing, but you're not counting hits and home runs or touchdowns thrown or passes caught 
or yardage, you're counting goals, assists, power play points, and whatever else you can think of. So in terms of your starting lineup, I know I'm in a fantasy basketball league right now and I've got, you know, the the standard starting players and a couple utility players where you can just slot in anyone. Is that kind of how you do it in hockey? It's very similar. And again, um, you can do it however you want. Like in one of my leagues, we have um, seven forwards. So we don't care if they're centers or wingers. And then we'll have four defensemen, two goalies. And every night you figure out who you want to play because some matchups are going to be tougher than others, right? right. Um, I mean, you have a high-scoring person who's, who's going, a player who's going up against the Detroit Red Wings right now. Detroit is not as strong as Vegas, what have you. Right. So, <laughs> you know, um, or, I mean, Tyler Toffoli's playing for Montreal, and he's eating the Vancouver Canucks for breakfast every time he plays them. So if you have Tyler Toffoli on your team, he's playing that night, right? So, so you put your lineup together. And um, your goaltenders, and in another league, um, we actually separate center centers from wingers. So you have to choose, you know, which left winger to play over another left winger. But it can be also be very, very, very basic, just forwards and defensemen, and that's it. So, and we you go from there. And so I'm assuming the complexity kind of goes back to when you set your roster too. So like, I know in one of my basketball leagues, I set it once a week and you just have to pick a lineup, but then in my other one you do every day, which is getting kind of grueling. I can't even imagine fantasy baseball where you have to set your lineup how many days in a year. Oh, absolutely. And I think a lot of people drop out of fantasy baseball by the time July rolls around because they're just, it starts to become a part-time job, right? right? (laughs) If you're in a serious league, but that's also what makes it fun to me. It's like, if you yeah. you want to do it half-assed or you don't want to do it half-assed. And if you want to do it half-assed, you can. There are leagues that you you set your lineup on a Monday. It plays out through the week. You're not. It's not really that much work, but you get as much out of it as you put into it like anything else in life. And um, I like the daily transactions just because, especially with a season like this one, which is the weirdest thing any of us have ever seen, and with game cancellations and postponements because of COVID or, you know, what's happening down in Texas weather-wise, um, I like to have the flexibility of just being able to, you know, switch my roster up every single day. But it's more work. Absolutely. And the, my weekly leagues, you just you, you set it and forget it, as the commercial used to say back uh, back in the day. And um, But it, it's, again, you can do whatever you want. And that's the fun thing about it. And the leagues have come so far with how you can customize it. And it can be as complicated or as simple. I'll tell you, I have never received so many messages than this season. And it's because we're in a pandemic and people need stuff to do. And all the newbies, the fantasy hockey newbies are coming out of the woodwork and trying it for the first time because we're bored. There's only so much you can Netflix. There's only so many banana breads you can bake. And a lot of us in cities who are stuck at home in lockdown, this is something to do, right? And um, I think it's going to be neat how it's going to grow in popularity. And because once you find something, you enjoy it. And then you can make it more complicated if you want to. But the basics of the game are very simple. Interesting. I just have so many questions that just run through my head here. So like <laughs> when you are so okay, let's start with the draft here. Right. When you're going in, what is like your strategy here? Are you looking by like previous season like points? Like are you just going like top down? Is there a different thing here? Like I know like you were saying how like if someone is playing great against a specific team, you want that player, but if they're only like maybe necessarily playing against that team, do you forego that person? Like What's the oh, strategy? I mean, oh, there, there are so many different strategies you can use. 
And there isn't, it's one of those, there is no one right answer. You have the first uh, overall pick. You're going to pick Connor McDavid. I don't want to hear who else you, I mean, there's some things that are just blatantly obvious. And if you have the third pick, you're going to take um, probably Alex Ovechkin in goal heavily. Like you're going to take the obvious. When the drafts become interesting to me are more the mid rounds and the later rounds. When you try to find your sleepers, you try to find your wild cards, the players who you might not necessarily think. I remember last year, Anthony Duclair came out of nowhere and went bonkers in Ottawa. He's starting to play well again for Florida this year, just now, but it's taking him a little bit of time. And Mm -hmm. I mean, if you drafted Anthony Duclair in, you know, the second last round of your draft, or if you even just picked him up as a free agent, you were just, you were going bonkers in those first couple months of the season. So there's a lot of who, um, if you're looking at wingers, who are their line mates, right? That's who you play with is, huge like we're always waiting for somebody to settle in on McDavid's wing because and it has they've tried Zach Cash in they're trying Pooley Yarby now they're trying all these different players but when somebody actually settles in and makes it happen they're going to score a ton just because of the company they're keeping with playing with the best player in the world right mm-hmm. so when it comes to that type of strategy in the negatives I love John Gibson I think John Gibson is one of the best hockey uh, goaltenders in the NHL Anaheim stinks so he's not going to win a ton of games, right? That's the problem. So it doesn't matter. Whereas you could have a mediocre goaltender playing for an awesome team and they're going to win a lot of games or they're just defensively stingy. That's how they play. I'm seeing what's happening in New Jersey this year. And I think we have a little bit of that. And so they're going to be more appealing. So there's a there's so many different decisions you make. When do you draft goalies? I have a, I have a buddy who always, he picks a, a goalie in the first round. I think that's nuts. I think there's too many high scorers out there. Get the goalie later. But it's worked for him at, at times. So, again, there's so many different answers to that. And that's you get to be creative and you can – there are no wrong answers. It You never know how it's going to unfold. By the end of the season, you don't realize, oh, they finished top 10 in scoring. Do you have blocked shots? Adam Larson is blocking shots like a maniac right now. And he's racking up. He's not scoring at all, but he's racking up a bunch of points. So if you count blocked shots in your league, which you can, then he's obviously a valuable commodity. Whereas in another league, he wouldn't be. So there's a lot of things to think about, but it's, it's just, it's fun. And there's no wrong answers. So in terms of negative points, I know that it kind of varies based on the position in other sports. Obviously goalies can get negative points if they're just leading in goals, but in terms of goal scorers, how are can they get negative points? Um, not in any of the leagues I, I play with. Um, there are some who count plus minus, and you might get a negative point in leagues that count plus minus. I mm-hmm. think plus minus is a garbage fantasy stat, and I I always I talk to all my. It's, I, I don't like it as a stat in general, but yeah. in fantasy, I can't stand it. And there's only one league that they they continue to. It's, I'm in my tenth year with them, and they insist on holding on to it. And I always pooch that category because I just never take it seriously. So yes, theoretically, as a skater, you could finish with negative points, but you really you really have to suck. Like you have yeah. to suck. suck. <laughs> Whereas goaltenders, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. I have Freddie Anderson for the Maple Leafs as in one of my leagues. Last last week, before he got hurt, he played a game and he got absolutely blown out of the water. I finished with minus 6.4 points. That's devastating. In, in a head-to-head league, you're just like, you, you yeah. should have had nobody. Having nobody playing was better than having him play that night. And then played Montreal the next game and he destroyed. They won 2-1 and he got me over 7 points. So you don't 
same team, same opposition, same competition. You don't know. And that's part of the fun, I guess. But it can be, it can be <laughs> ultra, ultra. If you don't have, maybe Vasilevsky is the only one this year who has just not laid any eggs whatsoever. So you have to come to expect it. And you just want the goaltenders who finish in the red, or sorry, finish in the black more often than they finish in the red. And that's what you're trying to roll the dice on, right? Totally. What other goaltenders do you have right now? Oh, um, I have Carter Hart in two leagues, Ooh. which uh, is not working out super so <laughs> far. Right now. That um, is not good I have, for you the um, other day. I have, um, I, I'm, I still think he's going to turn a corner here. I have Philip. Yeah, I mean, he's only twenty-two. Like, oh, uh, he's and and he was thrown in. He's he's not only young; he's also incredibly inexperienced. He's going to get better. They need some time. I don't know if I think I picked him too early in fantasy this year, but I, you just get so excited. You're like, oh, this guy's going to be great. He's going to be great. Um, I have um, Philip Grubauer. Um, who I, I'm very happy about. I have Ilya Simsonov in one league, who I'm not very happy about. So yeah. it's it's hard, and I have Shishchukin in, in a in a league, and I'm hoping that he's going to go the same route. I mean, what's wrong with the Rangers, guys? I have no idea what's wrong with the Rangers, and they're going to have even more problems now with Panarin mm-hmm. out and all yeah. the rest of it. But um, I just I thought the Rangers were going to be a better team as a whole, and they're not. So. And yep, I've got Anderson and, and then I have some backups that I move in and out. Like I have Jake Allen in Montreal who, so he's a good streaming option. When you don't have anybody else, you put him in, you would never play him in a weekly league because Carey Price obviously is going to play most games. But right. when you can use him as a streaming option in a deeper league, he'll get you a win here and there because he's, he's probably one of the best backups in the league. Yeah. So what do you do with? The for goal specifically with goaltenders, there are teams like the Bruins that really play half and half for mm-hmm. some goalies. Do that does that diminish their fantasy value? Hundred percent, hundred percent. But there's different ways of looking at it. It also depends on what kind of league you have. Right. Um, it, it like it's like in in football, if a a team is stronger, if they have two great options at running back, yeah. but you don't want to have one of them on your fantasy football team necessarily. Now there are some times when. It's almost worth it. So maybe they'll play fewer games, but if they're in a very strong tandem and the, and the team is winning a ton, you're cutting your losses there a little bit. And if you handcuff yourself at the position, you have both net minders and you can move them in and out, that can be to your benefit as well. But in general, in general still, and I mean, the NHL has evolved. Back in the day, you had a starting goaltender. And the other guy made an appearance here and there. That This has changed in the last 15 to 10 years of bringing in the not number one guy, number two guy, but sort of the 1A, 1B. And so we're still kind of getting used to that. But you'd much rather have somebody who's starting all the time, like a Vasilevsky, as opposed to, or like a Freddie Anderson, um, or Connor Hellebuck, as opposed to the really strong one-two punch. And that's why a lot of people avoided Marc-Andre Fleury and Robin Leonard in Vegas this year, Okay. Now, Leonard's hurt, whole new ball game. But if he wasn't, you're going to be splitting starts back and forth between the two of them. Now, as it happens, and Fleury wasn't a high fantasy asset to start this season, and now he's the strongest one there is because he's playing every game because Leonard's hurt, and he's also playing outstanding, right? So it's so, yeah, so, many it's so funny. The last few weeks. Pardon me? Yeah, that, I said, yeah, he had, he had a few shutouts in the last few weeks. No, I think he's just coming off one. It's it's he's been he has been yeah, incredible. He's uh he plays well with a chip on his shoulder 
and he was almost traded in the offseason, and he's got a big chip, and he has a lot. He feels he has a lot to prove. I don't think the rest of the hockey world does. He has his cups. But I think he <laughs> feels that he can still do it, and uh, he's playing outstanding right now. I love him. He's my favorite. Yeah, I do. I have yeah. his jersey right here. Who doesn't, who doesn't like Marc-Andre Fleury? It's impossible not right. to like Marc-Andre Fleury. Fleury. He's yeah. just such a wholesome guy. I, they were posting content of him uh, from Tahoe. I was, like, DMing it to Shannon. I was like, my heart. I just love it. Oh, that's lovely. Okay, so we talked about the goalies. Who do you have or who do you want to have of the forwards right now? Well, I mean, in general – Austin Matthews is a great player right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, you could name off 20. <laughs> well, I mean, I again, it's, it's non-obvious picks. Okay. Beyond non-obvious picks. I guess it depends. A lot of it is going to depend on what, again, I'm, I'm repeating myself ad nauseum and I apologize, but it depends on what your categories are again. Um, who are you asking if there's anybody who's been sneaky good? Um, I'm trying to think. I always like to find value in defensemen um, because you, you can – scorers are going to score. And when you get the guys – okay, Jeff – here's one, Jeff Petrie from Montreal. I didn't even have him ranked as my number one defenseman fantasy-wise in Montreal. That was, that went to Shea Weber in my view. But Jeff Petrie, again, is having a hell of a season. And um, he's been great. Adam Larson, if in any league that, that counts block shots, and I like it. I like it playing in leagues that also acknowledge defensive play, right? It's not only because you, if you have in real life, if you have a team of pure goal scorers, you're going to lose a lot of games because the, the defense is such a massive part of it. Well, how do you reward good defensive play in fantasy hockey? It's tough, right? So that's when you bring in hits, block shots, Sometimes time on ice because the guys who defend more are going to play more minutes and you reward that as well. And this year, Adam Larson has been sneaky, sneaky good in, um, in leagues that do count block shots. As for up front, Patrick Kane is having a much better year than I had anticipated. I really like what Vincent Trocek is doing in, um, in, um, Carolina. I watched that kid all the way through junior and I just, I, I still think he's got a whole other level to him. So maybe I'm a little. I'm a little, I think just Chicago in general has been a surprise. I think New Jersey skaters out of New Jersey, um, Jack Hughes coming into his own a little bit this, this year has been a pleasant surprise. So yeah. So those are going to be your mid tier guys that you're not going to jump all over like your Nathan McKinnon's or Connor McDavid's your Alex Ovechkin's your Austin Matthews. And then, uh, and then disappointment wise, I mean, look at the Buffalo Sabres. So who wasted an early pick on Taylor Hall and are regretting that now? Right. So it goes, there's two sides to that coin. I still think he's going to find his groove, but he hasn't yet. And time's a waste in. So we'll see. So, yeah, it's a short season. Oh, isn't it though? (laughs) (laughs) So how much of, we talked about kind of the issue with like that two goalie system, how that throws it off. How much is this season getting thrown off with like the, all the taxi squad call-ups and everyone coming from lower. Like, I feel like that's happening so much more this season. How much does that affect your choices? Um, I don't think that I don't think the taxi squad assignments are that big of a deal because they're mostly paper moves. You're kind of moving guys around on paper. Uh, guys, guys aren't really. I mean, Adam Henrique got waved the other day, which surprised me a little bit, and he's not on an active roster. You're going to have a little bit of that. 
more for me, the challenge of this season is just how compact and dense the season is. First of all, I mean, the Sabres are playing five games this week. That's ridiculous. And their injuries are going to skyrocket. I think we're already starting to see that. They're just, it's going to hurt. These guys are going to fall hurt. And we're not even really, are we a quarter of the way? I know some teams have played much fewer games than others, but a quarter of the way through, I, it feels like that. And I think more players are going to fall injured more often with just the intensity of the schedule. I think that's going to be a big, big factor. And then also the, the, the whole pandemic issue with rescheduling and are they going to, are, are they going to make up all these games for Dallas? I know the league keeps on saying they will. I don't believe it. I don't think there's going to be enough real estate at the end of the season to, so all these Dallas stars players you might've invested in like Jamie Ben or Radulov or Klingberg, whoever, if they're going to play fewer games in rotisserie leagues. Okay. I mean, you're already taking the hit now in head to head leagues. So you're dealing with it, but in rotisserie leagues, are you counting on them playing those extra games to add up all those extra points? Like I have Radulov on one of my teams and I honestly don't ladies, I don't know what to do with them. Because if they're going to play a full season, I'm going to make a ton of points at the end, right? In my Roto League. But if they just go, you know what? You're not playing that many games. You're going to play 10 fewer games and we're just going to do points percentage and wait in there. Then I'm going to regret holding on to him. So there's so many unknowns this year. But there's so many unknowns in life right now. It's a pandemic. We, You just have to sort of shrug it off. Because in the grand scheme of things, it's fantasy hockey. It's a game within a game. I mean, there are much larger issues that play. You can't get too annoyed about it. Um, not when it comes to people's like health and safety. <laughs> things are much, much more important, right? So, but it's true. But you still want to play the game and you still want to be competitive. And you have to think about COVID and you have to think about whether they're going to make up games and um, are there going to be more cancellations? Because, I mean, everybody loves having players from the North division right now because they haven't had a single game cancellation. They've played everything. Right. And maybe is that just because of different rules in Canada? I think it's just more of a mobility issue than anything else. But, um, but I, I would say definitely the compact schedule and just not knowing every week how it's going to go unfold for sure, for sure is the biggest issue for this short fantasy season, but we're still trying to muck through it. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. In my basketball league, I had like half my team out every, every night when I was oh, setting my true. roster. I was like, should I, I can't drop Jalen Brown in my right mind, but also he hasn't played in a month. So like, what do I do with him while, you know, he's on the COVID list. So I completely understand. And even though I'm not in a fantasy hockey league right now, I'm sure it's incredibly frustrating watching, you know, guys like Claude Giroux sit out for of two course. weeks and try to figure out what you're supposed to do with him. Of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's all I have. Megan, do you have anything else? You know, the newbie of fantasy here? You guys should, you guys should play it. Honest to goodness. It can't, it's too late in the season now. But I mean, try, give it a sample during the playoffs. It's fun. It is on, it's like most things that you try and you realize it's popular and people like it for a reason, right? It's like everybody's yeah. watching Breaking Bad. Okay, I'll watch Breaking Bad. Okay, it was a pretty amazing show. You know, it, it's the same thing. You try something and you figure it out and uh, you learn whether it's your jam or not. And I find a lot of people, once they're introduced to it, it's like anything else. It's just it's just fun. It's entertainment. It's I always put it, it's not serious. Uh, first of all, 
professional sports aren't serious in the first place. It's not taking care of sick kids or parents or trying to pay your bills or other life things. It's a distraction. It's fun. That's what makes the uh, professional sports or amateur sports and spectator sports so fun. And this is a game within a game. So you get to play manager yourself and try to put together, you know, the best team possible. And um, it's a nice distraction, but it is, it is a lot of fun. I want I want you guys to try it. <laughs> game on, Shannon. Game on. Well, Victoria, thank you so much for spending some time with us and helping us and whoever's listening learn a little bit more about fantasy hockey, who they should be picking up, everything that's going on. Tell uh, tell our people where – yep, there we go. Your <laughs> handle at the bottom there. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm so bad at that. Self promotion is not my uh not my strong. <laughs> yeah, there's the Twitter handle right there. Everyone, go check out Victoria's Twitter. You know where to find us. Slap Slap Shop Sweethearts on Instagram. S Sweethearts Pod on Twitter. Always active on there, and we will see you guys again next time. Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.